He said, to the extent I desire to move through you, you must allow me to cut on you. The Leader's Cut. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Leader's Cut. This is your first time joining The Cut. I want to say welcome. Really excited to have you in this conversation. And the way we like to roll in this conversation, I get that it seems one-sided, but my favorite way to have a conversation is to invite the Holy Spirit in. And if, if you wonder, why do we call it the leader's cut? It really comes from uh, the thought that the people of God were always meant to be a people of the cut. The Christian life works best when we allow the surgeon of heaven to consistently and constantly cut on us. And as you can see in the thumbnail, we're talking about something that not a lot of people like to talk about. And Possibly you were tempted not to even press play because you saw we were talking about fasting. Let's pray, and then let me tell you why I think it was a genius move on your part not to go in the opposite direction just because we were talking about fasting. All right, let's invite the Holy Spirit in and uh, make room for him to cut on us. Spirit of the living God, thank you. Thank you for not being content with where we are when we're in any way, shape, or form short of God's best for our life. And so we take a moment just to invite you into this conversation to ask you, invade, invade this time and anywhere where some of our flesh is flaring up. We have one simple but expensive request. Holy Spirit, would you cut on us? Would you cut off my flesh to make room for more of your spirit? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's jump right in. Got a lot of ground to cover. I hope you're taking notes on this because I'm going to give you um, stuff I've learned over a period of many years as it relates to fasting. Fasting in my line of work is a consistent part of the diet, but fasting isn't just for vocational ministers. Fasting is for every child of God. Here's why I said I think it's genius that you didn't go in the opposite direction when you saw that this uh, cut was on fasting. Let's say I'm a trainer. And I catch you in the gym uh, and uh, just say, hey, how's it been going? How your fight's been going? And you say, well, I've been losing a lot. And uh, I watch you spar a little bit and I realize there's something missing in your repertoire. And I, I say, hey, what if there was an exercise I could teach you that could immediately help you begin winning? Would you do it? I'm asking you that, that very same question right now. I'm telling you there's an exercise in the Christian life that can help you win more in the spiritual battle. Are you willing to do it? Now, you already know the answer, what the exercise is. Fasting is that exercise. So I'm giving you the answer, but I'm asking the question, will you do it? Fasting just works. I'm telling you time and time again, I've seen it up close and personal. Let me give you another way to see fasting. Years ago, my daughter was really sick. 
And the doctor said, you need to take these huge horse pill size uh, pills and they're, they're going to help you get better, but you're going to have to choke them down. This is what it takes for you to get well. So just gag them down. They don't taste good. They're hard to swallow. Just trust me. This is the fastest way to get well. Okay, question. If Riley wants to get well, is she going to take the doc doctor's prescription? Of course. If she doesn't want to get well, what's she going to do? She's going to bypass the recommendation of the expert. Fasting always works. I don't mean it gives you the desired outcome that you want. I mean fasting always produces the desire that God wants, the outcome God desires. So let's jump in and let's answer the question, why fast? Because some, they just don't even know that much about fasting. And so we need to, to really just answer the most simple question, why should I even fast, right? Eight answers to this question, because I'm telling you, this is one of the believer's superpowers, all right? Point number one, answer number one to why fast. Fasting is a necessary part of the annual diet of every healthy believer. I'm going to show you a couple of different moments in Scripture where different uh, men of God were fasting. It, it, it was just normal. Okay, I don't want to teach too much. I just want to show it to you because Scripture is our model. And the men and women of God that God led in Scripture who are recorded in scripture, serve as a model for us. And the good things they did, as well as the mistakes they made, we get to learn from. Let me just show you a couple of, of fasters. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4, when he saw the condition of the wall, he said, when I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Now, Nehemiah is saying, this meant a lot to me. And so, of course, when I heard the bad news, it made me sad, and so I mourned. It made me pray, because I wanted to do something about it. And the fastest way to do anything is to pray. But notice, in the middle of mourning and praying, he says, I fasted. Very matter-of-factly, doesn't make a big deal about it. It's kind of like, oh yeah, I did that too. Exodus chapter 34, verses 28 and 29. Watch what happened when Moses spent 40 days and 40 nights fasting. Moses remained there in the mountain with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. And all the time he ate no bread and drank no water. And the Lord wrote the terms of the covenant, the Ten Commandments, on the stone tablets. I'm sorry I have a little scratch in my throat. I'm sorry I keep drinking so much, but rather than just cough in the mic. But look at Moses. He spends 40 days fasting. And what is the result? We're still talking about it. In fact, these Ten Commandments still hang in some secular courtrooms. He didn't just spend time alone with the Lord. He spent time fasting with the Lord. Acts 13, verses 2 and 3. One day, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting... The Holy Spirit said, dedicate Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, look at that. Okay, so fasting led to 
God speaking when to send Paul and Barnabas out. But then afterwards, before they send them out, Scripture records, so after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on Paul and Barnabas and sent them on their way. I'm telling you, fasting is so essential to the annual diet of every healthy believer that it's meant to be, dare I say, monthly, normal, normal, monthly, some kind of fast. I'm not talking about a hardcore fast every month, but just a a semi-steady diet of going without something. One more, Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. Okay, so this was a doozy of a battle. Not because Jesus couldn't handle it, but Satan was coming with the heat. Watch what Jesus did. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. Here's, uh, I think, one of the best ways to describe fasting as it relates to the everyday life of the believer. The Christian life without fasting is like a car with old oil. Things just can't run as well as they're designed to. If, If you don't make fasting a regular part of your annual diet as a believer. No condemnation, no shade whatsoever. I would would just say it like this. Look at what you've been able to do with the Lord and for the Lord without fasting. Imagine what you might be able to do, empowered by the Holy Spirit, when you bring fasting into your annual diet as a believer. Second answer to the question, why fast? Fasting shows us we can go without anything. This is one of my favorite ones because I learned this in teaching other people how to uh, overcome bondage, break bondage. There are things our flesh is convinced we can't live without. Fasting reminds us God is the only thing we cannot live without. Let me show you Daniel chapter 10. And if you like to follow along in scripture, we're going to be in Daniel 10 here for a little bit. Starting in verse 1, in the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel had another vision. He understood that the vision was concerning events certain to happen in the future, times of war and great hardship. When this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks. All that time, I had eaten no rich food. No meat or wine crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. Daniel went without some things he consistently would go with. Let me try and help you understand the power of this um, superpower of fasting in the life of the believer. When I was a young adults pastor, I used to have uh, young adults say, "Uh, Preston, I'm trying to break this bondage, but I just can't. It's impossible. Uh, Let's just say they were struggling with porn struggling with porn, and I don't know how to break this. Here's what I would tell them. Some might say, well, just stop looking at porn. I don't think that's the best way to stop something. I think to give yourself a little bit of confidence that you can stop any bad behavior you feel in bondage to or in bondage in, possibly the best way to do it is to stop doing something good. Example, Uh, let's say 
you love chocolate. Okay. And uh, you eat chocolate, a little bit of chocolate every day. It's your favorite thing. And uh, on a slow day, you have uh, just a half of a Hershey bar. On a rich day, you have a brownie and chocolate pie for dessert. No shade. You just love chocolate. And let's say you're also in bondage to pornography. This is what I say. Go 30 days without chocolate. Go 30 days without something you're convinced you can't live without. And what you'll find is you are teaching yourself. It is a whole lot easier to go without some things you convince your brain that your body can't live without. And then you apply that exact same principle to, in this case, pornography. Here's why. The enemy will take your biggest struggle and convince you you'll never be able to see victory in it or over it. He's such a liar, though. If, if you have tried multiple times to get free in an area of bondage, instead of just stopping it, why don't you give yourself some confidence in stopping some other things that you really love? That are good things. Go without those good things. May just be one of the best ways to show yourself you can pretty easily go without bad things. Because if you can go without really good things, it should be a little bit easier to go without the bad ones. Right? Okay. Third answer to the question. Why fast? Because fasting shows us how powerful we can be. Fasting shows us how powerful we can be. Keep going in Daniel chapter 10, now in verse 12. Then the angel said to Daniel, Don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before the Lord by fasting, your request has been heard in heaven. I've come and answered to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Okay, this passage in the book of Daniel is helping us see that there's a war going on in the unseen realm. It's just facts. We don't battle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities in the unseen world. Daniel is getting an awareness while he is doing something sacrificial in the seen realm something extravagantly victorious is going down in the unseen realm. And fasting played a big role in that 21-day victory. Fasting is like being in a fight and bringing in God's strong right hand to fight on your behalf or to fight for you. When I fast, I learn how powerful I can be. And let me just say, the first couple days, like right now, I'm on a seven-day liquid-only fast with my wife, preparing for uh, a presbytery that I'm about to go do. I typically like to prepare uh, for pr prophetic presbytery by setting myself aside, going without some things to make more room for him. 
Well, you will find if you if you've ever done a, a liquid fast, you'll see the first couple of days are pretty rough, and it doesn't matter how uh, well you take care of your body. I will just tell you, and I don't usually eat like garbage a lot of the time, but I'm always reminded when I start fasting, uh, my body kind of goes into shock after 48 hours between day two and day three, reminding me uh, that this is hard. But once I get through that difficult initial season, I'm telling you, there is an energy that you feel, and I'm not talking about some weird energy. I'm talking about physically, mentally, and spiritually. It's amazing how your mind feels when you do hard things with and for the Lord. It's amazing how your body feels when you go without some things that hurt your body, aka sugar. Not to stand on some soapbox. Too much sugar can be a very, very damaging thing. It's amazing when your body goes without sugar, how much better you will feel. It's amazing when your body goes without starchy carbs, how much stronger and clearer your body feels. Okay, fasting reminds us how powerful we can be. Here's the fourth thing. Why should we fast? Because fasting is part of God's prescription for certain victories. So I showed you a little bit with Daniel. The victory came in part because of Daniel's fasting. But Jesus, there's a moment in Scripture with his disciples where he very plainly says, so if anyone read the the passage in Daniel and said, yeah, but that doesn't um, directly say that the victory came because of fasting. Well, not in the NLT it doesn't, but I get your point. Here's what I would say. There is a passage in Matthew 17, a moment Jesus has with his disciples where he comes right out and says, there are certain victories that cannot come without prayer and fasting. There are certain victories in the Christian life which can only come through prayer and fasting. This is a principle every believer in Jesus needs to understand. Let me show it to you. Matthew chapter 17, starting in verse 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast this demon out? Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith, the size of a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Watch. Because a lot of people just read that part right there. And they and I don't know why. They don't read the rest of the passage, verse 21. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. I love connecting Matthew 17 to what I read you in Daniel. Here's why. Because I think some of us are losing in the Christian life, losing on a day-to-day basis, and we don't understand why. Daniel, what Daniel learned is this demonic stronghold, this army, this legion of demonic forces couldn't have gone out couldn't have been overcome without prayer and fasting. And yet we see so many believers in Jesus, children of God, people of God, 
hardly ever, and oftentimes never even fasting. Now, here's what that would be like. A, a, a Christian who never fasts is like banana bread with no bananas. Just think about it. If, if uh, it was your birthday, and I said, I want to make you something for your birthday. Uh, I'd like to make uh, uh, your favorite treat. What's your favorite treat? You say banana bread. It's absolutely my favorite. Like my heart would explode if you baked me banana bread. Done. Got it. I get online and I find the best recipe for banana bread online. Off to an incredible start. Milk, flour, sugar, nuts. We're rolling. And then I get to the last element of the banana bread, the bananas. And I make the choice not to put the bananas in your banana bread. Bake the bread. Looks good. Looks the way banana bread is supposed to on the outside. You come by the house. We cut open that bread. You put it in your mouth and you start making this face. I said, is, is everything okay? What the, is your banana bread good? And you say, well, it, it doesn't even taste like banana bread. It looks like banana bread, but it doesn't have the taste of banana bread. Did you do something different? And I respond saying, well, um, when I got to the part where the recipe said, put bananas in the bread, I just chose not to. And what would the look on your face be? How would you respond? Like Preston, I told you my favorite treat is banana bread. You asked me. I, I didn't tell you to do it. You asked me what my favorite treat was so you could give it to me. I told you banana bread and you made the choice to make bread with no banana. I'm not going to eat another bite. I just wonder if when we say to the Lord, I want to give you my life. I want to be a living sacrifice for you. And he says, great. One of the things I need you to do is to semi-consistently fast. I need you to go without some of your favorite things to make room for some of my best things. And then we make the decision and say, oh yeah, we give him everything else. We try and walk in humility. We, we try and, and be generous. We try and be gracious. I mean, we try and do everything Jesus asks us to do, except for the fasting. Here's the problem. I can do all those other things right, quote unquote, in obedience, and still not experience a full measure of victory because there are some victories that can only come with fasting. When parents come up to me and say, we're having trouble with one of our teenagers. They, they seem to be turning away from the Lord. One of the things I ask is, how much time have you spent fasting? When was the last time you fasted for your child? Don't, don't just pray. And I know that might sound heretical. Essentially, Jesus is saying, I'll personalize it. Preston, 
even if you would have just prayed, a spirit like that, a legion like that, does not leave without prayer and fasting. If you want to bake banana bread, you can't leave out the bananas. If you want to walk in the victorious Christian life, you can't live it without fasting. You might be able to say one of the fast tracks to the abundant Christian life involves fasting, going without. Think about it like this. How can I be a living sacrifice if I'm living selfishly? <laughs> I mean, this, this is the, the way. This is the Christian life. He made the ultimate sacrifice. We are followers of Jesus who made the ultimate sacrifice, laying down his life for us while we were yet sinners. How can we live the everyday Christian life without sacrifice? Again, I'm not telling you you have to be on a fast 24 hours a day. There were those back in the day um, living the monastic life who were, were living in constant lack going without fasting. And I'm not, I, if that's what God calls you to, okay. But I, I think that's not the norm. But I think what is supposed to be the norm is semi-consistent fasting. How can I convince myself I am a living sacrifice if I can't overcome living selfishly and fasting helps break the strength of the selfish life? Literally, fasting breaks the back of the selfish life. Going without when I don't have to. Here's the fifth answer to the question, why fast? Because fasting shows us how weak we truly are. So we talked about um, how fasting brings God's strong right hand into the boxing match. But while fasting does bring in God's strongest arm, it also pins your strongest arm behind your back. In other words, fasting is designed to make you weaker. Just try it. Try a seven-day liquid-only fast. And don't be drinking a bunch of processed juices. You know, do... Uh, I try and do cold-pressed juice, uh, a, a low-calorie, extremely low-sugar protein shake just to keep getting some of the nutrients my body needs. But just try. Try and do a seven-day liquid-only fast and see how many days or hours it takes you to get completely hangry. I promise you, it won't take you more than 72 hours to see how much food actually affects your emotions. Every time I fast, I am confronted with how weak I actually am. I try and do a good job of fueling my body with what it needs to carry out the daily demands of my life. Uh, and it isn't until I go without that food fuel that I'm reminded how weak I actually am. Psalm 109 verse 24 says, my knees are weak through fasting. And my flesh is feeble from lack of fatness. <laughs> the picture is if you, you go on a fast long enough, your body starts literally eating the fat on your body and the muscle. So I try and 
and get some protein when I have prolonged liquid only fast. I, I literally, I told one of my, my closest friends yesterday, I can feel my body eating my muscle. And it eat, eats away my fat reserve. What is that verse telling us? Fasting makes us weak. But probably a better way to say it, fasting reminds us how weak we always are. It's only when I'm in a weakened state that I'm truly reminded of how dependent I was created to be. Think about the beauty of dependence. Because when I was growing up, I, I thought that to be a man, you had to be independent. And then as you become an older man or woman, and as you endeavor to become a more godly man or woman, you learn dependency is actually the way we were created. We were created to depend on God. When I'm weak, what do I do? I lean on him. Preston, are you saying that God wants me to occasionally be weak so that I'll lean on him? Oh, no, no. No, I'm, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is he always wants you to be weak so that you'll lean on him. Let me show it to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 and 9. Listen to what Paul says about the thorn in his side. He's wrestling with this. He doesn't like the weakness he is experiencing as a result of this thorn. I'll read it to you. Verse 8 of 2 Corinthians 12. Three different times, Paul says, I begged the Lord to take this thorn that makes me so weak, makes me feel so weak, to take it away. Each time God said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. Watch what Paul says next. So now, with this revelation... I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. When I feel strong, I am typically less reliant on his strength. But when I am weak, I need his strength to survive. We convince ourselves we're so strong. You're not. I'm not. We're not as strong as we think we are. We were designed not to be strong. We can steward strength. Remember, God has all power in heaven and on earth. We can steward strength. But in and of myself, I don't have strength. I am weak. And one of the beauties of fasting, and this might sound sadomasochistic, to you, but it's not. One of the beauties of fasting is it humbly reminds me, Preston, you're, you're so weak. And it's not to belittle me or browbeat me. It's to remind me when I am weak, I need to lean on the one who has all strength. So couldn't you say that fasting is actually a romantic re request from God? I think fasting is a romantic request from God any and every time he asks you to fast because he knows 
If you fast what he asks you to fast, it's going to be hard. And as it's hard, it's going to make you weak. And when you're weak, you're going to be re-reminded. When we're weak, all we have to do is lean on him. Let me also say this. When you're weak and you lean on him, I think it can create even more intimacy. Think about it. Nothing brings you closer to someone than when you're completely reliant upon them. Now, don't think about the other person. Let's just think about it in my marriage. Let's say um, I became blind overnight and I had to rely on my wife to help get me around. Well, if I'm blind, I have to hold on to her. When we're going up steps or down steps, I, I would be locked on to her, leaning on her. Okay, question. I'm not, I'm not thinking through what it might do to her. Just think for me. Would it bring me closer to her if with everything I had to do, I had to rely on her in order to pull it off? Of course it would bring me closer to her. Because when you lean on so, someone so much that you rely on them, it's impossible not to get closer to them. This is why God asks us to fast. It's just another invitation to intimacy. Remember, love runs on sacrifice. So when God asks you to fast, see it another way. He's beckoning you further into his presence, into his inner courts, saying, love runs on sacrifice. And I want you to give up some things for me in this season, over this period of time, because it's going to enable you to come closer to me. Because love runs on sacrifice. But we got to get to that weakened state to fully embrace, like Paul did. Oh, I was made to rely on him. I was made to lean on his strength. But the only way I'll ever do that is when I am weak. Here's the sixth answer to the question. Why should we fast? Because fasting gives us empathy for those who are struggling. And I don't want to be sensitive to this because uh, we all go through various seasons in life. And sometimes you feel like you're on top and sometimes you feel like you're down in the valley. Uh, and, and that's just the way life is. Sometimes we're healthy, sometimes we're not. Sometimes uh, our whole family is healthy. Sometimes our whole family gets sick. There are various struggles in a fallen world in a temporal body, right? But uh, I was reminded of this this last week, um, just the first couple of days when it started to get hard that night before I went to sleep on day two, uh, it got hard. I wanted to eat something really badly. I wanted to reach for something that my flesh wanted. And, and I, I, it was like, I, I feel miserable. And as I was saying it in my heart, the Lord's like, Preston, are you, are you really miserable? Or are you just being a little overdramatic? <laughs> Lord, I'm not miserable. And just immediately, uh, I was reminded, when I give myself whatever I want, I typically have less understanding of those who have less than me. 
when I give my body everything it needs to fire on all cylinders, I have less empathy for those currently experiencing physical ailment or infirmity. I really want you to catch this because I, I, I've said this before. I've gone on record saying it that before I met my wife, empathy was, was never found in the same room as me. Uh, very, very rarely. Um, you know, examples. I remember one time my brother had a horrible skiing accident and it was just the two of us on a double black at the bottom. He had taken a huge jump and um, jacked up his shoulder, collarbone, arm, and he was wearing Oakley glasses and and uh, the nose piece fell off and the glasses cut his nose and he's laying in some blood in the snow. And I come up, he, he, my brother's tough as nails. Uh, I come up to him where he's laying and I said, bro, you're good, get up. I was in college. I think he was a senior in high school. Just get up, bro, you're fine, you're fine. No empathy whatsoever. Such an absolute idiot. I've had to learn empathy, starting with my wife. She's taught me more on empathy than anybody else. Tim Ross has shown and taught me empathy just about more than anyone else. And for me, so I don't know if this is for everyone, but definitely for me, fasting helps me be more understanding of when people are going through difficulty. Now, please hear me. I'm, I'm not in any way saying or making it sound like going without a couple meals, that struggle is on the same level as someone struggling with cancer. Please hear me. I would never say that. All right. I'm just telling you, for me, fasting from time to time has served as an opportunity for the Lord to remind me things aren't always awesome for everyone. So Preston, if things are going awesome for you, maybe every once in a while what you need is not to intentionally make things worse, but in fasting, allow things to, to become a little more difficult so that you might have more empathy and understanding for people who are going through something difficult right now. It's just a thought. But I think it's one of the things that makes fasting for me so powerful in my life. Because when you're on a hot streak and you just keep, um, you know, you're eating good meals all the time, you're, you're giving yourself whatever you want, it's easy to forget. The rest of the world doesn't live that way. There are people going without every second of every day all over the world. And when I go without in fasting, I'm not saying it puts me in the exact same situation because clearly it doesn't, but it does, I believe, give the Lord an opportunity to use what I'm going through to help me be more empathetic to what someone else is going through. Hopefully I didn't botch that too much. Hopefully you hear my heart. Um, definitely trying, not trying to um, compare, just trying to say, I believe fasting opens a door for the Lord to teach us some empathy when people are going through difficulty. Here's the seventh a reason I think we should fast because fasting clears the table for an even better meal. 
In a temporal world, it's easy to begin to believe that the most essential food on the earth is temporary food, especially at the expense of the soul's true food, his word. Think about it like this. God's word will always be a more memorable meal than any earthly meal. I feel like I can prove this. Four months ago, what did you have for a snack when you had that snack at 11.30 just before a late lunch? You don't remember. You don't remember that snack four months ago on Tuesday. But if I asked you four months ago on Tuesday, on your lunch break that day, what was the verse the Lord lit you up with when you felt the Holy Spirit say, grab your Bible and turn to this chapter? Do you not remember the verse that God lit you up with that afternoon? Of course you do. We always remember. I won't say always. I mean, we're, we're humans. We can be prone to forget. But it is much easier to remember a, a divine meal God serves us up than some random snack we fed ourselves up with. It's a spiritual principle. I'm telling you, spiritual food is more memorable than temporal food. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Go back to the wilderness when Jesus is being tempted. Look how dirty the devil tried to play with Jesus. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him. Now remember, Jesus was famished. He was starving. Saying goes, just, hey, whip, whip yourself up some bread, bro. Watch what Jesus says. Jesus told him, no. I love the emphasis. No. The scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Quoting Deuteronomy 8 there. Profound thing, Jesus says, that scripture records. Preston doesn't always need food to survive. You know what Preston does need as it relates to food? Spiritual food. What is spiritual food? God's word. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. Let me say it like this. The body of man runs on the fuel of earthly meals, but the soul of man runs on the fuel of heaven's finest food. God's word. Jeremiah 15, 16. Your words were found. And Jeremiah says, and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Jeremiah says, oh, it was a good meal, bro. That meal was good. Spiritual meals fed to us by the Spirit of God are always memorable. People liken uh, scripture to bread. And actually, other than Jesus saying, I am bread, which I'm going to read to you in a, in a sec in answer number eight. But there's no specific place that says the Bible is bread. Okay. But people liken scripture to bread. And it is like bread. But I, I need you to understand something. When most people think about bread at 
the nice restaurant, they think about the filler before the best part of the meal. And that is not God's word. Okay? In my marriage, dessert is the best part of the meal. And everything else is just the preamble. It's just the prep for the best part of the meal. Holly and I just had date night. Uh, like a week or two ago at this really great restaurant. Newer restaurant. Really nice place. And they had this dessert that was legendarily good. And I told my wife, I, you know, I like to do research. I'm such a nerd. Uh, I have a really hard time going anywhere and not knowing what's awesome. Huh, it's just stewardship to me. So I had seen on Yelp, this dessert is just shut it down, drop the mic good. So I had told her before, and it was a seafood restaurant, which is my favorite food. So I'm trying a bunch of different types of seafood. Holly is literally pacing herself for dessert. Why? Because she knew dessert was going to be the best part of that meal. And she loves dessert. It's one of her favorite things. Okay. I actually want to show you how Ezekiel saw the words of God. Maybe you've heard Tim and me talk about the fact that there was a season of time where we made a commitment before the Lord together to be men of one book, men of the book. Part of where that came from was the passage I'm about to read you, Ezekiel chapter three, which is absolutely gangster. Verses one, two, and three. They say this, the voice, it was God, said to me, son of man, eat what I am giving you. Eat this scroll. Eat this book. That's how Timmy and I say, eat this book. Then go and give its message to the people of Israel. Ezekiel says, so I opened my mouth and he fed me the scroll. Fill your stomach with this, he said. And when I ate it, watch this, it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. Dessert. God's word is always the best meal. This is why Jesus went on record quoting Deuteronomy 8 and said, no, no, I know I'm starving right now. I know I would love some dessert, but I've got my dessert that I'm feeding on constantly. My father's word. Personalizing again. Oh, Preston, Preston doesn't need bread all the time. I've got something better for my children. My word. I'm just telling you. When we go without physical food, and, and I would encourage you, you know, you, you can go through various types of fasts. Um, you can fast television. You can fast social media. Uh, when people ask me, what, what's the best thing to fast? I typically say something to this effect. Uh, fast something that you feel like has a hold on you. Always good to fast. So if you're a little bit addicted to social media, fast social media for 21 days, 10 days, seven days. You're like, Preston, we're getting closer. Try one day. <laughs> okay. Typically, the things I least want to fast, I will see the greatest amount of breakthrough in my life when I fast those things. All right. Now, here's number eight. My opinion, the most romantic answer to the question. Why fast? Point number eight. Because fasting clears the way for more of him. More of God. 
John 6, verse 51. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. I love it when he talks like this. Can I just say that? When he's this demonstrative, I am the living bread. I just imagine he said that with some, some unction. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread, which I will offer so the world may live, is my flesh. Let me just give you a run of one-liners that as I was preparing for this, it just got fun because I felt the Lord just not sprinkling these. He was just shoving them into my notes. Fasting is like spring cleaning for your soul. You don't clean up just to tidy up. You clean up to make more room to be filled up. Fasting is one of the fastest ways to get your flesh, which is temporal, to yield to his spirit, which is eternal. Fasting is a heavenly habit which enables earth dwellers to be heavenly minded. And what is everyone in heaven most focused on? The one seated on the throne. Fasting throws off the earthly to make more room for the heavenly. When I starve my body, but feed my spirit, he just always seems to show up more than normal. I want you to really catch this from a relational perspective. Because when you love someone, you always sacrifice for them. Another way to say sacrifice, you always go without something. You don't have to go without. That's what love does. Let's just say that it's it's been a busy season uh, in my life, and uh, I haven't made the typical time for Holly, my wife, uh, for the two of us to be alone together. And... Uh, I come home after a really busy uh, trip and give her a hug. I can tell things are a little bit uh, off. There's a little bit of, of tension because of the relational distance we've been experiencing. And being sensitive to it and her, I say, hey, baby, I'm not preaching this weekend. I have the next two and a half days to just be with you. I've canceled everything on my schedule just so that I can be with you. And here's what we're going to do. Whatever you want to do. Okay, this is fasting to me. This literally fasting is making room for more of him. And how do you think he's going to respond when you intentionally make more room for him. I'm not trying to poke the bear or anything, but uh, how do you think he'd respond if you're a little addicted to social media and you take a semi-extended break from social media? How do you think he'd respond? Do you think it might be overwhelming? Do you, could you see God being a little bit undone in a good way? Preston, I can't believe you're doing this for me. Yeah, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm canceling everything. I'm going to remove it all for this period of time just so 
the only thing I have room for is you. Do you honestly think that if you take that approach with God, that he's going to go like this? Meh. <laughs> he's not. I think it will lead to intimacy because it's just part of what I've learned. Fasting usually leads to a greater level of intimacy with God. I hope this was helpful. I pray that the Holy Spirit used our time together, uh, not just to help you understand fasting, but I hope and pray the Holy Spirit used our time together to inspire you to go on a fast. Listen, you need to know my heart, okay? I don't, I don't hold back. I don't apologize for this. Uh, I want you to be dominant. I, I really do. Uh, I, I want you to dominate in life and in and for the kingdom. I don't think you're going to be able to dominate without fasting. That's why I tried to remind you of the words of Jesus. Some victory will never come without prayer and fasting. So here's what I'd say. Take some time today to just ask the Lord, is this a season where you're calling me to a fast? Is there a mountain to take? Is there a victory to win? Like Daniel needed to see and experience. That necessitates a 21-day fast in order for the victory to be all it is dominantly supposed to be as God desires it. Just ask the Lord. Are you calling me to a fast right now? What would you like me to fast? What would you like me to go without? And what do I spend my time? Because I'm have more time. What do I spend my time praying about? What victory am I praying for as I set myself aside to go with less? I want to pray over you, uh, especially those of you who use this conversation as a springboard to go on a fast, maybe even for your first time. I especially want to pray over you. God, thank you so much for my brothers and sisters. I'm in the greatest family in the history of humanity. God, your family, it just doesn't get better than that. And I pray for my brothers and sisters for whom this conversation ended up being a call to a fast that they didn't see coming. God, I just take a moment right now and pray over the battle that's being waged in the unseen realm. I'm grateful that you use this conversation to lead them to go on a fast, to pray and fast, to set themselves apart, to do their part, to enforce the victory that you're saying is yours and ours. Lord, I pray. I pray over them. We don't fight in the seen realm, but against powers and principalities in the unseen realm. Fasting is a weapon. It has benefits in the seen realm, but it has immeasurable results in the unseen realm. And victory is one of fasting's 
greatest results. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters for a victory. Victory, victory, victory. For my brothers and sisters who are presently feeling in bondage right now, I pray that as they might possibly step into their very first fast, I pray for those chains to break as they go without something. Holy Spirit, would you anoint my brothers and sisters to fight the good fight with fasting? I pray there'd be testimonies of victory over the days and weeks to come as a result of each of their personal choices to fight by fasting. I pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you so much. Get out there and win. But remember, some fights will never be able to be won without fasting. I love you. See you next week.